Hello out there in podcast land. Welcome to the Retirement Coach Podcast. I'm Mike Keenan, your host. Today's edition is entitled Retirement Rules of Order. As you know, in each of my podcasts, I offer to deal with specific questions from listeners concerning retirement. Recently, I received this interesting query. Dear Retirement Coach, me and the missus were high school debaters. We follow Robert's rules of order whenever we argue. We use points of order and motions and amendments and such. But now that we are retired, we wonder what rules you use. Here's my response. There are several rules to employ which will help you get along in retirement. The law of repetition was proposed by American E.R. Guthrie. His hypothesis states that behavior is facilitated by use and weakened by disuse. This is really a fancy way of saying use it or lose it, which is much more succinct and looks better printed on a t-shirt. Unfortunately, it's been my experience that as we grow older, we tend to stop using our brains as much as we used to. Evidence abounds throughout the world. Look at the idiots who get elected by us. Our environment is also a good mirror for this law. What's the most popular vehicle on the road? Did you say SUV? SUVs might be replaced eventually by electric cars, but retired people like the safety and comfort of large vehicles. This tends to create more carbon emissions, and it's often difficult to see through the haze that we create. And can you breathe without choking or coughing? By the way, while I'm at it, when was the last time you heard the words please or thank you? I digress. Another theory to live by is the reorganization theory proposed by Max Wertheimer, who, like E.R. Guthrie, was a psychologist. Notice that psychologists like to propose lots of theories about how to live. It's part of their job description. Max postulated, based on Gestalt psychology, that learning involves the altering of mental processes or our neural makeup. No kidding. Have you noticed that psychologists employ elaborate and fancy words to say things that are basically common sense? My neural makeup was often reorganized when I was young. I remember once going over to the girls' side of the school playground to retrieve an errant baseball. This was forbidden in those days for fear that seven-year-old children might forget about baseball and engage in lascivious behavior, which would forever alter their neural makeup. Accordingly, I was reprimanded and given the strap. This led to strange fantasies about women, leather, and baseballs that have plagued me throughout my life. Teachers in those days were allowed to alter the neural makeup of their students in dramatic fashion. A grade four nun once hit me on the head with a jar of glue. It really hurt. And as you may have already guessed, there were more fantasies ensuing that concern glue, religious habits, and starch. I think that the best theory to live by is Einstein's theory of relativity. After you get by the impressive terms such as inertia, gravity, acceleration, and my favorite, etc., basically what Albert is saying is this, no matter what happens, it's all relative. You can use this theory to your advantage anywhere, anytime. If you do something that other people think is wrong, such as what Ponzi King Bernie Madoff and the Enron CEO did, you can shrug your shoulders and say that it's all relative. If you commit a crime or a mortal sin, you can say that compared to Hitler and Stalin, you're still looking pretty good. 
Einstein's theory is a terrific device for spin-doctoring anything. When Bill Clinton was asked if he had sex with Monica Lewinsky, he replied that it depended on how you define sex. Amazing, eh? There's one last theory that significantly affects retirees on fixed income. It's called the Relative Income Hypothesis from James Semble Dusenberry, who was an economist. His theory implies that people do strange things with their money. He contends that our attitude to saving and consumption is based more on comparison to others than any abstract notion of a standard of living. I call this the keeping up with the Joneses theory. I think we are all adversely affected by it. Let's say you live beside Mr. Jones. He has one of those high-pressure water contraptions that he uses to clean his cars. Guess what? You don't really need one. You could even borrow his, but you buy one. This happens to me all the time. Of course, my spouse insists that I take it back to the store, but the impulse never dies. I keep thinking I need a high-powered water contraption like Mr. Jones. My spouse insists that I don't. It's all relative. Motion to adjourn. Carried. I sent that reply to the retired couple who asked me about rules. They replied, Dear retirement coach, thanks for the rules outlined for me and the missus. Do you have any others which you have found effective during retirement? I responded that we all need a few simple rules with which to govern behavior. Here are a few more strategies that might interest you. Napier's rules were named after the Scottish math whiz John Napier, who invented logarithmic tables. He was responsible for much of my suffering during high school math classes. Mr. Napier observed that if you closely studied a right-angled spherical triangle, the cosine of any circular part, that is, the remaining two angles, the hypotenuse and the complements of the sides containing the right angle, is equal to the product of the cotangents of the adjacent parts and is equal to the product of the sines of the opposite parts. He says that the arguments of all trigonometric functions can thus be derived from these simple rules, which further explains why I hate Mr. Napier to this day, because I do not have a clue what all this means. However, it's impressive if you casually mention Napier and his theory at a party. However, if there's an engineer present, don't bother, because he will go on about it for hours and probably relate it to the third law of thermodynamics, which is something else I do not understand. It has been my experience that many laws simply ask that you consider something. For example, Newton's law of viscosity asks that you consider two parallel planes. Whenever you are asked to consider something, beware. It's like the annoying calls that you get on the phone at supper time asking you to consider new windows or clean air ducts or credit card deals. In high school math class, I would never consider such ridiculous things. Credit cards had not yet been invented. Math was my least favorite subject, as my marks will attest. I took algebra, trig, and geometry, but remember nothing except that all of the future nerdy engineers loved them while those of us who preferred home economics despised them. We also despised those stupid plastic containers for pens which the nerds wore tucked inside their shirt pocket. Now that I think about my school subjects, what was the point of lacrosse and wrestling in gym class? Okay, maybe wrestling had some carryover value when the male-female socialization and courting process took place, but lacrosse?
After high school, I never played lacrosse again. I know that there are lots of lacrosse teams in the area where I live, but I prefer wrestling. I don't like the way a lacrosse goalie resembles a sumo wrestler. He should choose either lacrosse or sumo, not both. And what's with those tiny nets? Lacrosse would be much more fun if they used wickets like the Brits use in cricket. Cricket is a lifetime sport. You can play cricket and drink beer or tea and then play more cricket outdoors all day long. Yes, I know you can play lacrosse outdoors too, but it's not the same. Anyway, I'm getting off topic, so I will return to my discussion of laws. Consider the NIMBY law. NIMBY is an acronym for Not In My Backyard and should not be confused with NIMFI, which of course refers to one's front yard, and NIMC, which is the side yard. People seem to be much more possessive about their backyards and have therefore come up with this rule. Basically, it means that you can do whatever you like in your own backyard, but not in mine. If you want to bury nuclear waste in yours, okay, but not in mine. This sounds perfectly reasonable to me. I think town planners should adopt this principle. In fact, I would expand it to N-O-M-F-P, not on my front porch, N-I-M-F, not in my flower bed, and finally G-Y-D-H-O-M-D, or get your dirty hands off my daughter. If you want to know about the exciting life of a retiree, listen to more podcasts here. Those with puzzling questions about retirement can contact me at mjk6648 at gmail.com. And don't forget about my book, Don't Ever Quit, a journal of coping with crisis and nourishing spirit, available in paperback and as an ebook from Amazon. I'm Mike Keenan, your retirement coach. It's my hope that these podcasts might inspire a chuckle or two. Life confronts us with many adversities as we age. To cope with these setbacks, it's best to cultivate a sense of humor. Laughter is a powerful ally. It can take down crooked leaders, corrupt officials, and even inspire hope. That's what the Retirement Coach Podcasts are all about. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and tune in again next week. 